Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. This is Athletics Life Stories with your host, Chris Broadbent. So my school years were rather testing in terms of the bullying and uh, the torment. It almost felt like I could almost go and run a marathon every day does seem to have captured the imagination of a lot of people, certainly a lot of people who in the, you know, on the running circuit. Uh, welcome to Athletics Life Stories with Chris Broadbent. Something a little different today. This man is not an Olympian, doesn't compete at world or, Olymp- or European level, but he is a record breaker and has a level of athleticism that anyone would find incredible. Steve Edwards is known as the godfather of the marathon running scene. He has numerous records already under his racing belt and is closing in on an incredible 1,000 marathon finishes. Steve, it's good to see you. Hi there. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. Pleasure. So, Steve, tell us um, how, uh, well, tell us about your childhood, first of all. Where, where did you grow up? Coventry, born and bred. Um, yeah, all my education was in Coventry and um, started my work life in Coventry as well. I ran my first marathon in Coventry. And yeah, uh, spent many, many years there before we um, eventually moved to the Cotswolds area of North Gloucestershire. OK, OK. And was running something you were into at school? Definitely not. No, um, I was actually born with a um, deformed left hand. So my school years were rather testing in terms of the bullying and uh, the torment that I received in my sort of earlier school years. And, um, yeah, I lacked a lot of confidence. It wasn't that I didn't really have the ability, but I just found that I seemed to be overlooked for team team sports. And as much as I love playing football and cricket and all those type of things, um, I never really felt that I was given the opportunities through through my school years. And I never really knew any difference at the time. But it's when I look back, you know, in hindsight and I, and I realised, you know, what it was probably a more of an issue than what I thought it was and the longest I would ever want to run is, is 400 metres on our school running track and, and that event I actually quite enjoyed 
that on cross country days when we had games and it was like a cross country I'd be the one hiding in the bushes you know on the first lap and waiting for the other people to do the three laps and then I'd rejoin them so uh, no it was definitely not you know it's the furthest thing from my mind really okay sorry just to delve into that a bit so that what, what years are talking you're talking 1970s your school school I, yeah, years, yeah yeah so yeah, yeah. Um, so born in 62 and um so yeah sort of late 60s into the 70s yeah so yeah so kids 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 quite could be quite cruel back then couldn't they yeah definitely yeah. different times that's for sure when i think of yeah. how things are today you know totally totally different but in those days mm. yeah um you just got on with it and um I'm just saying I was the only one who's bullied you know it just seemed to it seemed to be any kid that was slightly different you know they all they all got bullied as well so um you know I saw a lot of it going on but that was just kind of the way it was and as I say you just you just considered it normal and you just sort of got on with it really so um but it's only when you sort of look back as I say with hindsight and you kind of think why certain things happened or whatever then you know you know the benefit of hindsight and obviously you know being an adult and seeing how things have changed over the years how the world's changed massively you know you realize mm. you know just um how much it did actually affect you and um really running i mean i left school um i started doing um university course as part of my day job and really running you know was the last thing from my mind but one thing that i did do at that you know at that time was i was still doing martial arts so i did kung fu for a few years and um i was also i'd also started to go down the gym to do um circuit training and um, mm. a bit of weight training so if you like i'd always sort of wanted to in a way look after myself and keep fit um i guess what i didn't realize by doing those two different uh, forms of activity that would actually give me a really good base to what was you know for what was to come in terms of long distance running and how I got into running was literally I saw a poster advertising the first Coventry Marathon in 1981 um, okay. and at the time you know I was spending sort of two or three nights a week down the pub with my mates going to nightclubs I was a punk rocker I was into my con punk music and all that sort of stuff and it, it was great you know I was all really was enjoying you know living my sort of late teens into yeah late teens up to 19 and seeing this poster and thinking Coventry Marathon first Coventry Marathon ah oh, I could I'll have a go at that um made a bet with a few of my mates down the pub you know that, that I could do it and uh it was only sort of five or six weeks before the event and I signed up and thought oh I better start doing a bit of running so ironically I found that I was just running around the school running track that I used to run around when we used to have you know we used to have games when I was at school so I thought well I better do more than one lap so I built up to 20 laps sort of five miles ish and that's all I did I just did that three or four times a week and um on marathon day I was ignorance was bliss really you know I had no idea how to prepare for a marathon or indeed how to run mm. it or what it was going to do to me and I got to 14 or 15 miles thinking oh, that's not too bad um you know I built up I probably got a good general level of fitness from my gym work and my martial arts as well but oh boy when I got to about 16 miles and my legs turned to gateposts <laughs> <laughs> I very very quickly realized just how difficult a marathon distance was um I kind of run jog walked the last 10 miles sprint finish over the line thought I'd um, conquered the world felt elated and, and what have you didn't quite make the the three and a half hours 
time goal that I'd set myself prior to yeah. that. Um, but that didn't matter. Got my medal and certificate and all of that lot. And that was it. And I thought, brilliant. You know, really had an enjoyable day. The camaraderie was brilliant. But the next day when I got out of bed, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I could not walk. Hardly walk. I went out to go down the stairs backwards. I'll, I'll never forget it. My feet were that sore because I didn't wear proper running shoes. I just wear like trainers that you'd wear as five-a-side football in a gym, that kind of trainers. So they weren't even proper running shoes that I wore. My feet were just bruised to bits. Um, and I guess it was probably five, six days, certainly by the end of that week before I could actually walk, you know, not like wow. Frankenstein. And for the first couple of days, I was thinking, gosh, never, ever again. But it was only sort of when my legs had recovered and I felt recovered. Actually, I thought, blimey, this is what I discovered in terms of running as a sport, as an activity. Um, it did, in fact, give me a, a whole new self-confidence about myself, mm. you know, on the basis that all the people I've met, all age groups um, from all walks of life, um you line up on that start line and basically you are all equals um nobody treats you any different um and for the first time in my life really i just felt like respected is probably mm. the right word i think and um just how good it made me feel so yeah i i re- that's that's what got me started into running I tried different distances, um, realised I wasn't so good over the short distances, 5 or 10k, and never really became that fast. And my strengths really were in my stamina. So I went back to marathons and, um, yeah, tried to develop my skills in marathon running. And, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's how it all started, really. So it's amazing to hear you say you you were you were one of those never again people. I mean, lots of people have been, but if you'd say never again at the time, you must look back and think, well, maybe you know, <laughs> maybe I was got that one slightly wrong then. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, like you say, many people do say that, and then um, what they do realise is at the time, yeah, it's um, yeah, it does hurt and it does leave you in pain for quite some time. But yeah, you discover that you know there's a whole big wider picture there, and. Um, you, know, you realize the benefits and and how it makes you feel and uh not just sort of physically but mentally as well you know it's the whole mental health thing as well and over the years just being able to run train run and also attend events marathons it's just been you know hugely powerful in sort of maintaining my mental health as you know as well as my physical health so i found that really beneficial Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
I suppose back then when he started, in many ways, it's a good time to start, wasn't it? Because that's the start of the running boom, wasn't it? 81 was also the first London Marathon. You know, there's hundreds of running clubs that were established in 1981 because of the London Marathon and that inspiration it gave. Did, we, we con- Did you look back and, and think that was a factor in keeping you going, being part of this big movement? I understood at the time that there was a running boom. It had come over from um, America and um, I, I saw that most cities and towns within the UK actually had a marathon or a half marathon and it was brilliant the problem I had was I didn't drive I wasn't driving at that time so and and, you know any event that I went to I had to rely on public transport so my was a bit um you know guess I couldn't go to all the events that I would like to have gone so I just basically stuck to the Midlands but even in the Midlands there was just so many races you could go to um, Mm. in terms of you know what was available when I compare that to today it's just yeah it's just really sad to see but you know back then it was you know that's the way it was but it didn't seem to last that long really relatively and by the late age when I eventually got back into running marathons more seriously sort of 1988 I decided to try and run 12 marathons that year one a month to try and raise money for Great Ormond Street and that's what got me onto the path of multi-marathon running because it was during that year that I met um, a few guys from a club called the 100 Marathon Club and Mm. their goal in life was to literally try and run 100 marathons within their lifetime um, and back then, as the mar- as the events were dwindling towards sort of late 80s in- into the 90s, um, it-, it-, it was a very, very difficult challenge because logistically, just being able to travel to the various places throughout the year and for many years, you know, it, it-, it was more of a lifelong goal that people were trying to attempt. What got me really interested was realising that some of these people were sort of in their 40s and 50s or even older. And I was sort of this 26 year old and straight away, my the old grey matter started working. And I'm thinking, I wonder if there's a world record for the youngest person to run 100 marathons. Yeah. And yeah, there was. And um, it was a new record. And I thought, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a crack at that. So that that 12 marathons I was supposed to run in 1988 and I this was raising money and people had sponsored me so much a marathon I actually ended up running 20 that year um so yeah a few people had to pay up a little bit more than they expected (laughs) but essentially for me it meant that I was you know I'd started my journey on into the world of multi-marathon running and um, trying to get this record it took me two and a half years so December 1990 I achieved that record uh, at the age of 28 so I was I became the youngest person to do that it's been smashed to pieces now I think 21 or 22 I think is okay. the current current holder and then from there it was really about trying to find other records that I could break and the next one I went for was trying to run the most in a year most official marathon races in a year and by this it was 1991 at that point and, and races were were dying and for you know it, it was definitely not the amount that there was sort of 10 years prior to that so invariably it meant that I was now having to go abroad at weekends to try and mm. find back-to-back marathons to run on the Saturday and the Sunday mm. and trying to hold a full hold down a full-time job and I had a family and you know Friday night I'll be disappearing on you know driving down to Dover jumping on a ferry then driving to 
wherever through france germany holland belgium wherever wherever there was a marathon that i had to run then i'd be running that and if there wasn't one back in the uk on the sunday staying over there and running another one somewhere else and then catching a ferry back on sort of late sunday afternoon sunday evening and hopefully getting back in time so i could get back to work on a monday morning wow. and generally um some of the time there was race back in the uk on the sunday which was a luxury really because it meant at least i was back in the uk on sunday and then i knew i'd be back home sort of early evening on you know so i could get a good night's sleep but i mean that's there was no internet back then all race entries had to be done with fax and application forms and postage and you know there was no email or anything like that um online um entry fees nothing like that so everything had to be done with bankers draft for foreign currency or checks in the post with a stamped addressed envelope if it was a, a uk race um there was no common currency so you know i was traveling around europe for, for a year with like 12 different currencies in my wallet from you know french francs to german marks and you name it i had to have all these different currencies and there wasn't any budget airlines either so that's why i caught the ferries because the ferries were worked out a lot cheaper and obviously trying to attempt that kind of record you know the budget was very important so um, i had to watch the pennies and invariably i was spending many nights sleeping in the car after a race um you know just a few hours sleep and then getting up and then running the following day and Hmm few things went wrong I didn't quite manage the 100 that I was aiming for but I in the end I got 87 in in a year which which was a new yeah. new world record and again that's been smashed to pieces since then um primarily because there's just so many more events that you can run now uh, and logistically a lot easier to get to in terms of you could just stay in the UK and break that record without having to go abroad but you know it stood for um about 10 years was it 10 years something like mm. that so records are there to be broken you know I appreciate yeah. that so um that was that I I then um I was very close to 200 marathons then so I did get the record for the youngest person to get to 200 marathons it wasn't an official record they didn't recognize that one um and then the next the next thing I tried to go for um was I'd been inspired by a record in the Guinness book um by a Canadian American who'd ran 500 marathons and at the time, it was the most marathons that anybody had ever um, run. But it wasn't just the amount of marathons. It was his finish times that he'd averaged just over three and a half hours, something like 3.35 or 3.36. Mm. So I, I set myself to target more of a life target of trying to run 500 marathons all under three and a half hours. And uh, again, yeah, I didn't always go to plan, but many years later in 2012 my 50th birthday year i actually achieved that goal so running um 500 of them all under three and a half my average time actually was something like three hours 12 minutes for all 500 um i applied for the guinness record to see whether they'd be interested in setting that up as a new record um they weren't they weren't interested unfortunately so um and the idea was then I was going to retire from marathon running or, or certainly from running multi-marathons anyway, just sort of run two or three a year maybe. But um, I didn't feel that bad. My legs still felt pretty good. I still felt pretty fit. So I thought I may as well see if I can get push it up to 600. <laughs> Got to 600. 
You've got to get those round numbers all the time, see? Yeah, it is. It is. It is like that, and I guess people will think, yeah, he's he's. I can start to get a picture of this guy's mindset. But anyway, um, it's not taking obsessive compulsive to the next level. This is it. (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah, you could say obsession, compulsion. um, I'd like to look at it as dedication, discipline, (laughs) and all of that lot, and the more positive words. And I suppose we're at the end of the day when you look at anything anything I've ever wanted to try and achieve in life, I've always tried to give it, do it to the best, the best possible way, you know, of my ability. Mm. Um, I am, I guess, more of a perfectionist in that respect. So mm. I realise that's a trait of my personality. Um, I guess I just would never have envisaged that a human body was able to run that many marathons. Yeah. And I guess a part of me was really interested in just seeing what is, you know, what, a person is capable of achieving if they really set their mind to it so 600 became 700 700 became 800 then people started thinking blimey you could set potentially a new record for a thousand marathons and i thought well they weren't interested in 500 perhaps they might be interested in a thousand let's just say that i'm not quite the desire for running marathons isn't quite the same as it was a few years ago okay, okay. but now I've passed the 900, now I've passed the 950 mark, and I'm kind of 37 away from 1,000. I'm beginning to believe that this thing actually might be possible. Yeah. My current average time is three hours, 20 minutes. Um, I am getting slower now. So age is certainly not on my side, and, um, you know, the wear and tear on my body, I do feel that I just haven't got the same speed or, or stride length or anything like that anymore. But... When I think about what I've, what's gone before me, if you like, in terms of what the miles I've had to put in, um, I mean, working it all out, you just can't believe it. But I mean, it's something like equivalent yeah. to three to three laps of the planet in terms of running miles. I mean, it's just, oh. it's just incredible, really, what a human body is. I just find it fascinating what an incredible machine it is. It's interesting. What, what um, you talked earlier about how the um you know, the recovery from your first marathon, now you're in bits like five or six days there. What happens through the course of once you start to do those consecutive marathons? You know, you, know, you talked about doing 87 in one year. Uh, how does the body adapt? Because I, I assume you're not in bits after uh, that. The body must find a way to just, it must get used to doing marathons. I think I think it does. And certainly when I started doing back-to-backs initially, the first two or three I found, gosh, the next day I thought, blimey, how on earth am I going to, run 26 miles because you know at the moment just even thought of running one mile and yeah I mean it was a massive test um, and I'd say I got through those more with my mental strength and and certainly physical but you but you're right um, your body just seems to adapt and adjust and that's what I found and I got myself to the point after a few years whereby my marathon fitness I almost felt like I could almost go and run a marathon every day. You know, that's wow. how the fitness and that's how much the body had adapted. Now, I'll go back to what I mentioned about my previous activities in terms of my martial arts training and my weight and my weight and um, circuit training. And I can't help feeling that that really did give me a good base point. Um, and obviously, at the time, I wouldn't have realised what was to come. But certainly looking back, I think gosh what a wasn't that fortunate that I got into those activities and gave my body that real good ground 
um, that ground base, if you like, that that strength base. It's, it's called strength and conditioning, isn't it? People call it yeah. quite, refer to that strength and conditioning now. Yeah, and it, it was certainly a lot of that. But yeah, martial arts is a lot about that, and and I wouldn't have known core strength and conditioning even meant back in those days. We just used to turn up, do two hours of really hard training. Um, and, and martial arts like boxing is a very tough sport and um you do you know it's all over body conditioning and then obviously with the circuit training which i think they call plyometrics today it's lots of jumping around and real you know intense cardio work um and then with the weights work as well um i mean yeah it it, it certainly did and i think over the years and i have had a few injuries but touch word been so so lucky not to get injured that much and i do th- always think back that that was probably the reason why that i had this good good base behind me yeah yeah you, you have run sub three haven't you what tell, tell us about your fastest marathon yeah it, interestingly it came it came right in the middle of the year i did the run the most in a year so a, if i think about my marathon fitness in terms of being able to run marathons almost daily um I was due to run a double marathon. First one was at Stockholm on the Saturday, and then we were going to fly back um, early Sunday morning and then run the Paul Marathon the following morning. Um, I ran 2.51.55 at Stockholm, and that was a P, but it came out the blue. I never set out to do it. I, was, I set out to run around the three-hour mark. Everything just went absolutely perfect on the day. I just found I got quicker and quicker and quicker, ran a negative split. In fact, my best half marathon ever is actually the second half of the Stockholm Marathon. Um, that's how good it that's that's how good it went. So that was that was the PB, and yeah, that that remains my PB to the to this day. And then we, yeah, I did fly back and uh, ran the Paul Marathon the following day and ran something like three nine or three ten, I think, as well. So you know, I'd recovered pretty well from that overnight as well. Um, so. Yeah, it's um, I've run 27 under three hours. Um, okay. Last one was in 2010. Can't see there'll be a. I mean, I'll never, I'll, I'll never say never. You know, that's not the way I'm wired. But I, I don't think realistically I'll ever go under three hours again. So, okay. But yeah. Okay, fair enough. Do you do you have a set routine then for your marathons? You must that you've honed over the years. Yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I know what I know what I like to carbo load on. Um, I'm very religious about my nutrition and what I eat. And that's not to say I don't eat rubbish because I do like a odd cake and I am, you know, uh, chocolate's probably my main weakness. Yeah. But yeah, they have to be um, they have to be, you know, they have to be all in uh, moderation, obviously. But um, yeah, so in terms of the way I prepare and the way I train in the week, um, the way I recover, so high protein diet, high carbohydrate, um, trying to, you know, look after my muscles. Um, yeah, everything about get plenty of sleep, good hydration, good nutrition. Um, I still do all my core work and my strength work on top of my running mileage in the week. So, you know, I use a roller every day to, um, you know, massage my legs and keep my muscles in the best condition they can be. I have a sports massage um, regularly. You know, I'd, basically, I try to do all the right things. And that I guess you could say a professional athlete has to do at the pinnacle, you know, in, in you know, their level at the elite level. So, 
it's certainly given me a very small insight into or a very small window into into the world of a you know of an elite athlete but you know i'd buy there's no way or whatever if compare myself to that to that kind of person um you know what they do is just completely on a different scale but um in terms of just the regime that they have to go through yeah it's just given me a very small insight into, into what that regime's about so yeah yeah good good is, is there anybody else in the world who's doing this sort of thing steve plenty of people are doing it um currently there are um about 50 people have done a thousand marathons or more in the, okay. in the world okay um there's three in the uk um but for me it's more about the performance the quality of the runs as well as the quantity yeah. um so in terms of trying to run a thousand in those sorts of finish times or with that average finish time that's that's never been done before um so yeah i'm hoping i'm hoping as personal achievement aside i'm hoping to sort of if you like create some kind of legacy that will be act as an inspiration to people if only just to sort of say look you know this is what this is what people are capable of doing if they put their mind to it i mean you know there's i'm not a gifted athlete i'm not there's nothing special really about i don't think about me sporting wise per se but i guess i'm just i guess i just do, put in a lot of hard work and effort and, and discipline mm. and dedication um to try and achieve something that nobody else has achieved um psychologically a lot of that stems back from childhood i'm pretty sure of, of it and you know my um i'm not going to use obsession but my if you like desire to prove myself i guess mm. has never really left me from those childhood years so yeah okay but, okay you know i do have other interests i'm not you know it's not all about running <laughs> i love my garden i love gardening um i love traveling and me and my wife go out and we you know we have you know we like to go out and eat and, and do all the normal things that couples do so you could just say it's um it is a hobby but a very serious hobby <laughs> I guess. yeah it certainly is yeah well, has there ever been a point there where you've wavered a bit and thought oh you know i've had enough of this i mean you did mention before we started speak before we started the interview that uh, lockdown was a bit tough for you wasn't it as well yeah definitely yeah. um i think it's natural for most people to go through periods when they just sort of lose their lose a bit of mojo and they just think oh you know they start questioning you start questioning things don't you and mm. i think that's just normal as you go through life you know question many things really and um yeah i'll go through those some of those thought patterns occasionally i guess probably over covid it just made it worse because it was all the uncertainty of not knowing when if and when events would ever start mm. you know st st start up again i mean if you turn the news on every day and in the end we had to turn it you just have to stop it because it was you know armageddon at times the way it was being reported mm. doom and gloom armageddon and you just thought blimey the way this is being portrayed it was like you know we could be in this for years you know and you're almost thinking gosh this could this could live with us for the rest okay we've yeah we've got to live with it we've had to deal with it but then we've had mm. to live and deal with a lot of viruses over 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 time and memorials so mm. i guess it's nothing new in that respect but um yeah but just in the moment i think not it was the not knowing and then just sort of going through that re-evaluation and thinking well you know what is it all about so um 
yeah, that was a particularly hard point. But I get those times every now and then anyway, and just mm. think, you know, you know, what the hell are you doing, Steve? It's um, what you, you don't need to prove anything else now. You've you've done what you've done, and and it's out there. But yeah, being the sort of perfectionist, I guess that I am. Thousand does have a nice ring to it, so and I and I have put it out there that I do want to try and achieve it, and I'll do my utmost to get there. So I guess I just want to see this one through, and then yeah. I don't think I'll be setting any more goals like that. I just want to. I do enjoy running. I just enjoy running for pleasure, and I just want to get to the point where I don't feel I have to go out and specifically train hard or do a particular training session i can just go out and just go for a run because i just want to go and feel you know good to be outdoors and looking around and enjoying the scenery and and everything around me and and just enjoying the health benefits of just sort of casual running rather than you know competitive running if that makes sense yeah Um, yeah because because it does even even what i'm doing it's i certainly feel a lot of pressure from doing that and and I think doing it this long, there are times when that pressure does feel like it's getting a bit on top of me. And um, and that's probably not quite as healthy, you know, really. So um, and that's just what I'm trying to do. So, you know, when I think of elite athletes and what they must go through in terms of pressure, gosh, I mean, it's just it's just off the scale, really. And, yeah. um, you know, I'm full of admiration for just the amount of the dedication that they have to put into even getting to one Olympics. And when you think of athletes that have got to more than one Olympics, two, three, four, sometimes four, you think, gosh, all those years, the decades, in fact, of just so much hard work and pain they must go through and not always making it because they get an injury or, you know, they're training right up to the point of injury, but not quite because they've got to be at their absolute ultimate best they can possibly make their body so and while I've tried to do that I've always had to err on the side of caution slightly because you never know when you're going to push yourself over the edge and if you don't Mm. quite get it right you push yourself over the edge and of course you haven't got the backup then that a professional athlete would have in terms of getting them back on you know back on track again as quickly as possible in terms of medical advice and medical um, assistance so yeah and then it's not a good time then obviously you go through your depression period while you can't do what you love and um, Mm. you have to you have to do some cross training or get in the pool or whatever it is you have to do to try and maintain some fitness and uh, yeah Mm. there's been been a couple of times when it's when it's been like that hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th do you want to tell people the big news all right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
What, what, what about the, uh, the the good times are? What about you? Uh, you've got a certain s- stature in the sport now. Do, do you? I mean, you, what's the reaction from fellow runners when they see you at, at some of the marathons? Yeah, I mean, it's nice because they do. A lot of them recognise what I've what I've done over the years, what I've tried to achieve, the standards, the high standard I've tried to set. Um, and it's, I guess, very flattering when somebody says to you, I never, ever thought I'd be able to beat you. And there are people now younger than me, admittedly, but who are, have beaten me in recent years or, you know, and but they can always remember the first time that they did beat me. And the fact that they can remember that time says that, you know, I've probably had a target on my back for many years and they see that as a real landmark. And I feel incredibly flattered when people tell me that because I just think blimey and I wouldn't and I didn't see that. I, I wouldn't I didn't necessarily see that. But it's only now in recent times when people have said that to me. And I think, gosh, I can't believe it. But um, the support that I get from people um, in, in that community is just just incredible. And again, when I compare that kind of respect that people have that, that I didn't have any of growing up and, um, you know, my younger years, it, it, it's a complete contrast. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, it does feel nice. But then what is also nice is that people ask your advice on things. And, you know, I really love trying to help people achieve their own goals and, you know, I'll never not have time to speak to people and to advise them and you know if anybody contacts me anytime oh, i'm struggling with this or i could do some advice on that or what you know i'm always happy to try and help people because you know i just want it, to it's good i think that people are looking to try and achieve their own goals their own ambitions so i think it's important if you like to put back and i do enjoy that and i do enjoy that side mm. of it and i also enjoy over the years i've used this as a real good opportunity if you like to raise money for various charities and um it that's been great i felt good about that because i felt like i've been able to put it to not just personal achievement but also be able to use it to you know give back to others as well so i think i think that's a very important aspect of it all it completes the circle really for me in terms of you know what i've been able to achieve not just through my personal um, achievements but being able to you know as I say uh, put back and help other people that's been very mm. important uh, for me yeah okay good um and what um what's done, done, done a lot of events now Steve what, what's if you had to pick out your favorite ones which which marathons do you pick out as your favorite it might be being a bit it might be an unfair question this but uh which ones very... immediately, immediately <laughs> come to mind <laughs> it's a very unfair question and the only way I can answer that is really that there are a number of events I would say are my favorite for all different reasons so um you can't beat the big city marathons for, you know, razzmatazz and atmosphere and glitz and glamour and what have you. So, yeah, I mean, London, New York, Chicago, those huge marathons, they are just, you know, off the scale in terms of the experience. But if they were every week, I couldn't handle that because they are they take so much out of you in terms of logistics and the just the amount of stress that they cause cause you over that particular weekend I do enjoy it but I couldn't do one every week like that so I do also enjoy the contrast of low-key events and I've run some fantastic events in some really remote places which 
Um, I wouldn't have gone to had it not been for running there. And when I've got there, I thought, blimey, this is a this is a paradise. So places I can think of are like um, the Hebrides, the Isle of Benbecula, Lewis Harris. I've run on all those islands. And when the weather's good, it they are spectacular. I've also been to the Scilly Isles. I've run on Tresco. Um, I mean, this is a tiny island. So to get a marathon distance in, you have to run seven laps of the island. So, you know, but what a beautiful place. You know, I would never even thought about going there had it not been for running a marathon i've ran up in the um in tromso midnight sun marathon that was that was just something else in terms of you know you run through the middle of the night and it's daylight and uh it's just surreal you know just an amazing amazing place to run and it's you know running's taken me to some absolutely lovely places and the furthest i've ever ran is auckland and um again you know and i was only there five days i mean i was just getting over the jet lag when i ran the marathon and then i had to come home again so <laughs> just yeah i can't even believe i made that trip it's just unbelievable but amazing place to go to managed to get a couple of day trips in around um around the island so yeah it was it was just great and uh just experience different cultures and and different countries really yeah. just driving around europe when i ran that record year just driving around different countries just gave me so much confidence and experience and just learned so much about other countries and about other people and um yeah it's been a, it's it's been a massive massive educational trip really as well you know as well as being uh a running trip it's you know it's, it's it's given me other life skills if that's the right word yeah. over the years so yeah definitely yeah so uh, as we speak now you're up to your 963 done is it is that right that's correct yeah okay okay um so what about this thousandth race then would you know where it'll be and when not sure where and when um i've got some ideas nothing is certain yet but i'm really hoping had it not been for covid I was hoping to do it in my 60th year, which would have been 2022. Mm. So we're behind two years, really. Um, um, so I'm hoping for April, May next year, uh, 24. Um, haven't decided on the actual event yet, but I'm very close to um, confirming when that will be. And I know there's a lot of people out there who really want to be there, either to run it or to come and support. Um it does seem to have captured the imagination of a lot of people, certainly a lot of people who, who in the you know on the running circuit. So which is which is great, and it would just be fantastic just to see all those people there and just be able to say thank you for all the support they've given me over the years, and just hopefully we, we you know we can have it make it a really memorable occasion and a um a celebration of of marathon running really, you know, which has mm. basically been you know been my life um but i don't want it to be for the rest of my life i want to <laughs> be able to relax a bit and have a bit of a rest and as i say just in, enjoy running more recre recreationally rather than competitively so um i realize the line has to be drawn at some point i think the thousand marathons will be where the line gets drawn yeah yeah okay and, and just tell me before we go the uh the team behind you obviously your family's been very supportive but tell, tell me about the commitment they, they've given them to enable you to do this certainly growing up um i took my younger son you know we took him everywhere i mean 
sometimes he never made it back to school on Monday and um, he'd uh, we'd go to his open evenings and the teacher would say things like your son's coming out with some really strange tales about you know he's been over to Germany or Holland over the weekend or whatever and he says you know is he a bit of a Walter Mitty and I'd be saying no no we really did <laughs> but I realised that you know for him educationally again that was brilliant but no the um, my wife um, you know luckily fortunately I've had the support from my wife and, and the commitments so she does come with me to all my races um, yeah. she wants to support me she wants to be there for me um, which has been brilliant because had it not been for that i just i know that i wouldn't have been able to achieve all that all that i have um so you know that's been invaluable really um in terms of sponsorship that has been very hard to come by but i've been fortunate to have sponsorship um from 361 um from manatech who are a nutritional company and from voom nutrition sports nutrition company um and i do get sponsored by um a sports mass a sports therapist as well so that's that's been invaluable so that's helped if you like with the costs um and more recently um i've actually become an ambassador for a new running platform called every run counts and it's more of a, a running and walking platform and what they're trying to do really is trying to improve the health of the nation by encouraging and rewarding outdoor activity regular outdoor activity so they've got some really great features on the platform um, and essentially you you earn like a reward currency for all your activity um, there's games on there to win prizes and things but the activity that you that you whether it's walking or running whatever it is you basically go on a virtual journey all around the UK and you know in terms of motivating people to try and get them more active it's it's a really it's it's just brilliant the way they've um, mm. uh, set this up and the reward currency you can actually donate back to real charities it'll be converted to cash they donate it to the charities so by being more active you are improving your own health but at the same time you can then um, make donations to charity for free at no cost to yourself so it's a real win-win so um you know just being part of that as well um and they've been behind what i've what i'm trying to achieve with thousand marathons which is you know which is which is fantastic um but what, what we're trying to do really is just to try and sort of get people to try and improve their mental and physical health just by being a little bit more active and i think i think that's the important message really it doesn't matter how far you go or how fast that you move it's just about getting out there and just sort of being more active and um that's the message we're trying to get across really hmm. great stuff sounds, sounds like a great a great idea yeah great cause yeah. um finally just just one final question for you steve i mean you've, you've obviously got through so many marathons now and it's been a huge part of your life just can you just tell us what's beyond just the achievement which you are on the cusp of now what has running given to you i would say looking back that I've been very fortunate to have discovered running not only as an activity but as a sport so early in my life from the age of 18 and also looking fortunate that I've been able to keep that going right the way through to my current age of 60 and, and hopefully for you know for many years to come it has given me over the years um 
basically an escape route, um, being able to free my mind, being able to get out there and relieve my stress um, from all things in life that basically stress you out. Um, just be able to enjoy the outdoors. Physically, yes, it's kept me in good shape, but mentally as well, it's just kept me, my mental health, you know, when I think about the potential issues that are facing a lot of people today, there is the, the best medicine for me really is physical activity and especially getting outside and physical activity. So I suppose in terms of that, it's probably, it's been rewarding. Also in terms of the confidence that it's given me over the years. Um, and I think it's just improved me as a person because it's enabled me to share experiences with other people, made lots of fantastic friends. You know, I don't, I don't just mean tens, I mean hundreds, if not thousands of friends, people that, you know, we could call in and have a cup of tea with, you know, at the drop of a hat. Um, and just the whole community that the sport and the activity brings, um, you just can't beat that community. It's just such a feel good community. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's, um, it's everything really. It's just such a big, such a much bigger picture than just going out for a run. It's, it's, it's the opportunities that that gives you in, you know, in life. So, yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, thanks, Steve. It's been fabulous talking to you today. Really inspirational as ever. You're very welcome. Um, And only 37 to go now. (laughs) Only. (laughs) Yeah. Well, at least it's the countdown and just keep chipping away. And as I say, I'll keep my fingers and everything crossed that uh, I can stay in good health and um, yeah, get to that goal next year. So, but now it's been great to chat to you. Thank you very much. Hope you enjoyed that chat with uh, Steve Edwards. Uh, I think what stuck with me is, um, on the face of it, Steve's uh, is a bit of a machine. His, uh, in fact, his his um, book which is worth a read. Called it's called The Man Inside the Machine. Uh, but actually, despite all those marathons he's done, it just it shows you what an incredible human being he is because he still goes through the uh, he still suffers physically, still suffers mentally just as as mere mortals do so it just goes to show what an incredible um achievement it is getting to the number of marathons he's already got to and i'm sure he will get to that thousand mark so he is truly an inspirational figure really appreciate steve and if you if you enjoyed that podcast and you like got a particular thing about marathon running then i'd also urge you to pick up and listen to the uh, podcast uh, with charlie spedding uh, liz mccolgan we spoke to as well uh, chris thompson and even Joe Pave, he was also dabbled with marathon running as well. So try and download those um, wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Athletics Life Stories with Chris Broadbent. Please tell your friends and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. Podcast Network. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.